Thank you for joining us for Outfront Magazine. My name is Michael Cisneros. You are listening to Aftersight. This recording is intended solely for individuals who are blind or have low vision. Thank you for joining us for Outfront Magazine. My name is Michael Cisneros. This reading is for January 20th. Today I'll be reading the following articles and more. Colorado Symphony's Melodies at Meow Wolf by Anna Lee. Colorado announces 2024-2025 season by Sophie Herman. Still no closure in case of police car crashing into LGBTQ plus bar by Madeline Farber. Colorado Symphony's Melodies at Meow Wolf. With a packed house and yoga mats lined from wall to wall, the Colorado Symphony joined Meow Wolf to provide soft melodies for music moves last Tuesday. Meow Wolf welcomed guests to join the Colorado Symphony for Music Moves, a yoga event paired with a classical music on Tuesday evening. Following the event, guests were invited to a community mixer. The sold-out event greeted guests to a meditative state, and an hour of moving along to calming rhythms. The musical performers were center stage and gave the crowd a wonderful variety of revitalizing music. The Colorado Symphony brought a calm energy and invited guests to enjoy low blue lights and connect their mind and bodies during the yoga session. Music moves led by a certified instructor, attendees enjoyed company, classical grooves, and prepared for the rest of the work week with an evening meant to de-stress and reconnect. After guests reached a deep state of relaxation, they were welcome to join a mixer hosted at Meow Wolf. The mentally centered crowd shifted during the mixer, becoming bubbly as they chatted about the event and other mental wanderings. If you miss this event, don't worry. There is another yoga-oriented event later this month. If you are interested in yoga-oriented events, you can attend the Flexiverse Beauty Glow on Wednesday, April 24th, when you can join instructors Sarah Broussard and Mallory. Doors will open at 6 p.m. and the event will begin at 7 p.m. Don't forget to bring your yoga mat, water bottle, and sweat rag. And you don't want to miss DJ Seeker set. Tickets for the event are $35. If yoga is not really your thing, Meow Wolf is offering a plethora of other events all month long. As February nears its end, Join Meow Wolf still has events you can catch before the end of the month. Colorado Ballet announces 2024-2025 season. The Colorado Ballet has officially announced the 2024-25 season, performed at the Ali Calkins Opera House in Denver. They have released dates and titles of the five productions, The Sleeping Beauty, The Nutcracker, Casanova, Alice in Wonderland, and Ballet Masterworks. On February 12th, artistic director Gil Boggs announced to the performers the new shows, who had an exciting reaction to the news. I am thrilled to announce the five productions planned for Colorado Ballet 2024-2025 season at the Ali Calkins Opera House, states artistic director Gil Boggs. Our current season has been a tremendous success. Colorado Ballet experienced its most successful production of all time this season. I look forward to sharing even more world-class ballet with our community next season, starting in the fall with The Sleeping Beauty. 
The Sleeping Beauty, October 4th through the 13th, 2024, a fairy tale romance based off the story that explains the intensity of true love's kiss. With the set's costume and Tchaikovsky's enchanting score performed live by the Colorado Ballet Orchestra, it can't be missed. The Nutcracker, November 30th through December 29th. A fan favorite that has been performed since 1961, the Nutcracker brings out the spirit of the holiday season. Custom-made sets and costumes, which debuted in 2021, make it contemporary and worth watching. Colorado Ballet also has a mission to increase their diverse audience, so a public sensory-friendly performance of the Nutcracker will be presented for the third year in a row. Casanova, January 31st through February 9th, 2025. Set in the 18th century Venice, Italy, Tyndall's vision includes Venetian masquerades, period costumes, and sets along with big and bold choreography that shows the story of how Casanova's plans for a career in holy orders got derailed by his own corruption. Alice in Wonderland, March 7th through the 16th, 2025. Septime Weber's acclaimed ballet, Alice in Wonderland, promises an extraordinary journey that reimagines Lewis Carroll's classic fairy tale in an exhilarating way. With this out-of-world sets, costumes, and composer Matthew Pierce, you will be immersed in this enchanting experience. Ballet Masterworks, April 11th through the 20th, 2025. Colorado's Ballet annual production returns for a fascinating trio of powerhouse masterpieces that put artistic excellence and innovation on full display. George Balanchine's Serenade, Jerry Killian's Petite Moi, and Twyla Tharp's In the Upper Room. For anyone who is passionate about dance, art, and culture, the Colorado Ballet integrates all into a dazzling experience for all ages. Established in 1961 by Lillian Cavia, and Frieden Parker celebrated for almost 63 years. Colorado Ballet put on more than 58 classical and contemporary performances every year. Tickets will be available later this spring for these productions. Season subscriptions are also available to purchase. Still no closure in case of police car crashing into LGBTQ plus bar. Two police officers out of St. Louis, Missouri, crashed a police car into an LGBTQ plus bar on December 18th of last year. After the bar owners confronted the policemen, both were detained without cause and one arrested and charged with assault. Married gay couple Chad Morris and James Pence run the facility. Morris's felony charges have since been demoted to a misdemeanor and he is due in court shortly. The two police officers, aged 32 and 22, remain unnamed and were described as aggressive by Morris and Pence. The former was allegedly beaten by one of the policemen as well. The officers originally claimed they swerved to prevent hitting a dog, but later contradicting narratives claiming it was to avoid a parked car, causing the car to lose control and hit the building. However, the video evidence suggests otherwise. In the footage, the marked SUV is speeding at night on an empty street and suddenly crashes into the bar on the other side of the road. The police department has made no statements. They haven't told us if the officers were drug tested or alcohol tested, says Javad Kazeli. A St. Louis civil rights attorney, Kazeli added that the St. Louis Police Department has experienced multiple instances of officers found intoxicated while on duty in the past. 
The lack of transparency and communication between the community and the police is startling. However, this incident has highlighted the camaraderie among members of the St. Louis LGBTQ plus population. Community members came together making efforts to help clean up the bar, which was heavily damaged. Titone recognized as Union's Legislature of the Year. Representative Brianna Titone was named Legislature of the Year by the Rocky Mountain Farmers Union earlier this month. She was recognized for her work in securing the first right to repair agricultural equipment law in the country. Chichon made history as the first openly transgender state legislature in Colorado. She described this title as an incredible honor and says, at its core, right to repair empowers people to fix their own equipment, saving them time and money and resources along the way. Thanks to legislation we passed last year, Colorado farmers and ranchers have the freedom to fix their own equipment and save thousands of dollars on costly repairs. This right to repair agriculture equipment law is a huge step forward in my ongoing legislative efforts to equip Colorado with the tools to fix their own stuff when it breaks. The law in question is HB 23-1011, which enforces existing customer right to repair laws. It requires that agricultural equipment manufacturers provide necessary parts, software, and instructions to independent repair shops and owners at a reasonable price. Colorado is the first and only state in the nation to legally enforce farmers' rights to repair, with Titione leading the push to pass HB 23-1011. The bill was supported by the Colorado Department of Agriculture. The Rocky Mountain Farmers Union, the corn growers, wheat growers, wool producers, fruit and vegetable producers, the cattlemen, and the National Federation of Independent Businesses. In 2022, Titione also spearheaded two groundbreaking right to repair laws for wheelchair users, requiring manufacturers to reasonably provide parts and software to consumers, eliminating the need for prior authorization on repairs done for Medicaid recipients. She also was largely responsible for banning the gay or trans panic defense in 2020, when in most states it was a valid legal argument. Titone recently began pursuing her work on regulating the use of AI software in Colorado elections. Not a sanctuary city, Colorado Springs declares. Colorado Springs City Council voted 6-3 to affirm that the town is not a sanctuary city. The opposition to the resolution has surfaced accusations about it being more than political fear-mongering. In late January, El Paso County commissioners claimed that busloads of immigrants from the southern border of the United States were being dropped off in Colorado Springs. City leaders reported that they had heard of no such bus, nor clear evidence that migrants were being intentionally sent to them. However, they did note that roughly 23 migrant families had been aided by the Salvation Army in Colorado Springs. However, over 40,000 migrants have been sent to Denver, which is a considerably larger number than what Colorado Springs has encountered thus far. In the post-Trump America, it feels like illegal immigration is one of the most blatant political buzzwords. Nevertheless, El Paso commissioners say that they must draw a line against this supposed influx of newcomers. 
According to Colorado Springs City Council member Dave Donaldson, the city has already had to draw from its emergency funds just to accommodate its current budget, over one-third of which goes to the police force. In the eyes of the city council, they simply cannot afford to handle a surge of new residents. The test of the resolution goes as far as to imply that providing aid to migrants could harm Colorado Springs' status as one of the best places to live or vacation in the, in the United States of America. In a recent open city council meeting, public testimony seemed to largely oppose the passage of the resolution. Council member Michelle Telerico, one of the three who voted against it, said, I find this to be a resolution that is operating from fear. I believe that we don't want that image as a city. Colorado Springs residents expressed similar concerns given that the resolution is not legally binding. They felt like it is an unnecessary and ill-informed political statement. One resident by the name of Patricia Reitzweiser even brought up the possibility that such a resolution would lead to suspicion of non-migrants. She states, what legitimate tourist who might look and sound like an immigrant would want to come here and face the possibility of perhaps having their documents checked? Several locations in Pueblo County, Denver, and Aurora have already been designated as sanctuaries for migrants. The DWC performs her story, Our Future. Last weekend, the Denver Women's Chorus celebrated their 40th year anniversary by featuring their new performance, Herstory, Our Legacy, a homage to founder Carol White's life. The DWC celebrated their 40th anniversary with the concert series, Herstory, Our Future. Two performances were held on Saturday, February 17th at 2 p.m. and 7.30 p.m. at Central Presbyterian Church in Denver, and the third performance was held on Sunday, February 18th at 3 p.m. at Broomfield Auditorium. The Denver Women's Chorus roots go back to 1984 when founder Carol White approached the Denver Gay Men's Chorus with an idea. Carol, a former church chorale director with two master's degrees in music, was fired in 1968 when she was outed as gay. After losing her job, was forced to hide her identity and became a court reporter to support herself. When the DGMC welcomed her idea, the journey towards safety and acceptance within her identity was ignited with the help of her passion for music. White recruited 70 women to perform at the Gay and Lesbian Festival alongside the DGMC. Fueled by their desire to sing and have a safe space for musical expression, the Denver Women's Chorus was born, leaving the rest as history. That is not to say there were not obstacles. Given the societal pressure and intolerance at the time, many singers did not want their name printed in the program with the fear of losing their jobs and facing discrimination. Despite these hardships, the DWC performed in New York and Washington, D.C., united in the aim of social justice. The DWC became the first treble chorus to perform at the Gala Choruses Festival. Forty years and seven artistic directors later, the Denver Women's Chorus continues to elevate its community and cement the legacy of the first members tirelessly fought for. They are proud trans and non-binary inclusive chorus composed of 130 united LGBTQ plus singers and dedicated allies. The DWC strives to promote social change through their music by embracing diversity, equality, and intersectional feminism.
It was a weekend of new classics by Brandy Carlisle, the Indigo Girls, and more, along with some of the DWC's greatest hits. Memorabilia from the course's four decades were featured, and the DWC acknowledged several of its past artistic directors at specific performances. LGBTQ plus weddings should be celebrated, not tolerated. Weddings are meant to be beautiful and enticing event commemorating a commitment to a person for the rest of your lives. However, in this situation, you feel as if you found the perfect venue for your wedding until the owners contact you to let you know they don't support your love, but are still willing to profit f off of it. Couple Ali Wagi and Jessica Robinson didn't have to imagine this after communicating with the owners of the barn at Grace Hill in Newton, Kansas. Robinson stated everything was fine until they went on the tour. They saw that it was two women, and that's when the tables turned. Soon after, Aliwagi received an email from the owner, Amanda Blazer, stating, while our deeply held religious beliefs keeps us from celebrating anything but marriage between a man and woman, we desire to serve everyone equally. Equally. Hearing this was awfully saddening to the couple, as they didn't want their wedding to be held somewhere where they were simply tolerated but not supported. Ali shared a viral screenshot of this to Facebook, looking for new venue recommendations while letting our frustrations saying she had cried all night and was asking for new venue recommendations. Through the post, owner of Heritage Meadow, Joy Amar Bishop, found out about the heartbreaking situation. She contacted the couple and offered them her venue free of charge. Joy states, I wanted this to sort of overshadow any kind of negativity that they may have felt in the beginning. The couple was once again blissful about their wedding, showing that this whole ordeal not only showed the good and the bad in people, but also brought a bigger lesson to the table. Aliwagi says, you need to go somewhere where you're celebrated and not just tolerated. Survey for Older LGBTQ Plus Americans there is a new groundbreaking survey for older LGBTQ plus Americans that is looking for participants over 50 years old. SAGE is the world's largest nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the lives of LGBTQ plus elders. SAGE works to accommodate and care for this commonly underrepresented demographic. They provide meaningful resources such as housing initiatives, HIV and AIDS policy action, advocacy, and more ensuring a good quality of life can be sustained through the aging process of LGBTQ people. When asked about SAGE's significance, at least the spokesperson for the SAGE says, there just isn't another SAGE in this country, an organization that really works on behalf of and services LGBTQ plus older folks in the many ways that we do from being able to actually provide services and care management in New York City to being able to provide some financial empowerment through SAGE. SAGE began in 1978 in New York City and has greatly evolved into the safe haven that it is. 
Elise shared that the nonprofit originated when both younger and older folks who saw that, you know, their friends, their peers, people in their community just didn't have folks to care for them. So they decided to come together and create a space for people to get together. It started as a very grassroots project consisting of mostly volunteers. And then over the years, it became something that was more institutionalized when it became a nonprofit. And I think as folks who worked at SAGE began to see what the needs were because they were in space and community with them. They started to build programs and services around those needs. SAGE has formulated a survey in collaboration with the University of Nevada Las Vegas School of Public Health, intending to gauge the strengths and needs of older LGBTQ plus Americans. The survey covers a wide variety of topics on the well-being of this demographic, including health care, companionship, care plans for aging, and more. The results of this informational survey will allow SAGE to understand the best ways to continue to support this community going forward. When asked about the survey, Elise says we're going to try to do something that can really get the pulse of what's going on with the LGBTQ plus older people in this country and to be able to do that every other year. So this survey that's just gathering a lot of information from LGBTQ plus older folks who are 50 plus about their well-being, social lives, experiences with discrimination and about their experiences with other programs and services that are tailored towards them. They're feeling affected by a lot of policies that are being enacted across the country, especially when it comes to trans folks. So the idea is that once we get this data back, we'll have a good sense of what are the needs, what are the experiences, but most importantly, what are the strengths of the LGBTQ plus older people so that we can plan as an organization. More importantly, we can share this information with the field and back to older folks to see what you make of this. What would you do with this information and how we can? The survey is not only significant in both gauging the needs of older LGBTQ plus Americans and in addressing their needs going forward, this data will also be used at the government level to substantiate our demands essentially for more funding and policy changes and for folks to do the type of training that Sage Care offers. Elise says, this holds extra relevance in that the survey will be done every two years, so the information and resources can change alongside the needs of older LGBTQ plus Americans. SAGE is looking for participants from all over the country to get the most accurate and meaningful data. They specifically are looking for communities that are commonly underrepresented in research. They hope to find queer people over 50 years old who are BIPOC, transgender, gender nonconforming, people with disabilities, and those who live in rural areas will take the survey so their voices are heard. Elise emphasizes this by saying we're really ramping up outreach efforts to make sure that we get data from these communities because we want to be able to share their experiences as well to see if there are disparities that we need to address, which we suspect there are, but the data will help with that. SAGE has done incredible work for the older LGBTQ plus community for decades. This survey will allow them to further understand and address the needs of the community alongside statistical evidence to help them advocate for beneficial policy. They are looking for participants who are LGBTQ plus people over 50 to take the survey before the end of February. The survey can be completed either online or on the phone and should take about 30 minutes to complete. 
have your voice heard and your community's needs addressed by signing up for the survey at www.sageusa.org slash solar register. Dolly Parton gifts drag queen activist a guitar. In light of the hate that has spread throughout the country regarding drag shows, there is one particular queen that is aiming to change this narrative. In doing so, they have earned a gift of a lifetime. The drag queen, who goes by the name of Bridget Bandit, is a name that many will consider a hero in the drag industry, as they have fought her home state of Texas over a drag show ban. This ban is not the first that we have heard of, as many states have proposed or enacted similar laws. Bandit is an artist who is trying to make the world a better place. One of their favorite people to impersonate is 78-year-old country star Dolly Parton, the world's most charming soul. After a recent photo of Bandit protesting in Austin while holding a children's book went viral, he began to draw the attention of Rebecca Seaver the creative production coordinator at Dolly Parton Enterprises. This inspired Seaver to forward the photo to Parton, who then sent Bandit a memorable gift. The gift in question was a pink and white rhinestone guitar. Inside the pink box contained an autograph from the legend herself, which read, To Bridget, love Dolly Parton. Needless to say, this gift had Bandit over the moon. I honestly can't believe it's even real, she says, displaying gratitude for Parton's thoughtful gift that they will hold on to forever. Bandit plans to hold this guitar as a rare charm that will appear at their shows, and she will use it every January 19th in honor of Dolly Parton's birthday. We all love when huge artists in the industry recognize the work that is being done to make the world a better place, proving that the activism is being seen, heard, and felt among the artists. This story has an even more exciting ending, however, as this law banning drag has since been deemed unconstitutional, meaning that Bandit can perform her shows full of talent that no one can take away. Thank you again for joining us for Outfront Magazine. My name is Michael Cisneros. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aftersight.org or by calling 303-786-7777. Thank you again for joining us for Outfront Magazine. My name is Michael Cisneros.